Welcome everybody to Rodian Radio episode 3. Uh, I've actually been very, very excited all week to do this one because uh, this one's real special to me. Uh, my Tell next, the truth, my next man. Guest, I, I'm Tell telling the truth. you, bro. All right. uh, my next guest is actually, <laughs> I feel like I'm interviewing my little brother. You know, we've been knowing each other. Actually, I've been knowing him more than half of his life. He was yeah. a teenager when I met him. And uh, ever since then, we've been working. We've been on the road. We traveled. Uh, you know, it, it's real special for me to have him here on Rodion Radio. Uh, it, it, this could not have been Rodion Radio without him being here. He was a big part of what I believe Steve started at the Rodion Swami. At, that's why I based this uh, radio station, if you will, after the Rodion Swami. Some of you may know it as an open air market or a flea market. But uh, Steve was a major contributor to uh, uh, West Coast hip hop, uh, him and his wife, Susan. And many times they didn't even know that, that they were actually laying a foundation or a cornerstone for West Coast hip hop. And so many artists uh, got their start there, um, to name a few uh, NWA. Okay, that's all I pretty much I need to say. But without further ado, uh, I wanna introduce my good friend. Not only is he a rapper, a producer, an actor, but uh, my little brother, so. Without further ado, hi C. What's man, up, my brother? Thank you for bro? coming. Man, thank you, man. Can you say that shit all over again? Cause it just sounds good. Okay, hold on. I'm, I'm gonna do an Ace Ventura. <laughs> Anyways, brother, listen. Um, uh, before we get into the Scandalous album, the mixtapes, how you met Steve, how we met, uh, I usually try to do a little digging and see what formed or what type of upbringing you had that formed High C. You know, uh, for an example, I know uh, um, you were raised in Compton. Uh, mm -hmm. Now, have you always lived in Compton? Nah, my mother lived in Compton. See, a lot of people don't know that. My mom's lived in Compton. My grandmother stayed on 94th and Fig in South Central. Oh, okay. So I was I was bouncing back and forth back from and South forth. Central to Compton. Okay. Now, I know that you have uh, Louisiana roots yeah. because uh, we've gone to Louisiana. And I, actually, out of all the places that we actually performed at, Louisiana was probably my favorite spot. Yeah. yeah, I really, really liked it. The family, the food—they're gonna make you eat. They're gonna—if you don't eat something wrong, you're gonna offend them. So you have to take a plate. They're gonna make sure you got. You know, it's, it's it, that it, southern. It, it was all love. I remember yeah, that's yeah. where we had our sixty-four ounces. Man. Yeah, I remember that's we met some time. girls hanging out at uh, LSU, and they were out there guzzling eight ball sixty-four <laughs> ounces right in front of the college. Man, I yep. was like, what the hell? Getting it in. Yeah. So. You have Louisiana roots. Now, who originally is from Louisiana? Is it your mom or your father? or? Uh, yeah, Pop's still out there, man. My father's still out there. My mom's born there. But see, I was just born there. Okay. Like a little bird, a little stork to come drop you off and shit. Born there, came out, came, you know, L.A. So I don't... Uh, uh, right how long did you live in Louisiana before you made it out here? Oh, no, I was just, like I said, as soon as I was oh. born, it was just... 
shit right out. What, what part of Louisiana uh, did Baton you? Rouge. Baton Rouge. But I, it's a little part called New Rose. That's like that's like my hometown. That's I'm gonna go back and just you know one day and just kind of retire. Like, yeah. Go fishing. Put my stick in the ground. So open up the kingdom. Put a gate around the whole city or something. Well, you need to invite me because one day I want to be an old man just sitting on the porch with you and fishing. Hell yeah, eat some crawfish. Old stories. That's man. But uh, um. But yeah, we went to, I remember we went to Baton Rouge, we went to uh, uh, New Roads yeah. as well. So you were raised here in Compton. What mm -hmm. what elementary school did you go to? Elementary school, man, I bounced around. I had uh, on my grandmother's street, I went to, uh, I think it's called, if I could remember, 97th Street School, okay. like on Coding, uh -huh. Coding and Fig, like 97, I think it's 97. Okay. You, you know, every time I tell people from Compton <laughs> that uh, um, I, I lived in Compton until I was about nine years old, I went to elementary school there. Nobody ever recalls the school. It's called Laura Street School. And that I was right Laura, there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know that school. A lot of people that I mentioned it, they're like, oh, no, I'm not familiar with it. But, you know, mm -hmm. uh, because I used to live right there on 152nd. So we just walked down the street yeah, from yeah, there. Yeah, I know exactly where you at. Yeah. So over there by the 155 boys. That's one, where my one, oldest one, brother was from. Boys, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but um, so you went there. What elementary? I mean, uh, junior high. Junior high was Com I went. That was in Compton, in the city of Compton. Then went to Davis. Okay. Davis Junior High. Okay. And then end up probably doing like one year at Compton High. For real, you went to Compton like, High. One year at Compton High, homie. Wow. And that, that shit was crazy. Yeah. Well, especially you know, during that time, of course. Hell yeah, yeah. Of course. Now, because I See, know. Go ahead, go ahead. No, let me tell you what happened. So, you know, and this is a story. This is exclusive. Yeah. So all the homies, we went to Davis, you know, we was like, you know, Davis was in our neighborhood. So we were like, fuck it. We're going to, you know, everybody going to stick together. So they say they was on their tough guy shit. We're going to stick together and we all going to go to Compton, Compton High. We're right. going to check in. So I'm like, all right, you know me, I'll tell you, you know, how I am. Course. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I, I seen you swing it. on foods at the airport. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, if we're going to do it, let's do it. And it was like, all right, let's do it. So, bro, we got up there. I seen the homies up there. Like, we was kind of up there. But when we got there, I ain't going to lie, bro. We was outnumbered like, goddamn, <laughs> 100 to 1. And it was like, oh, shit, we don't exactly. even supposed to be up here. Yeah. And the homies start trickling out slowly but surely. I see one homie leaving. And he's like, nigga, you stand up here? I'm out of this motherfucker. I'm like, damn, bro. And my mom, she, know, she didn't really understand what was going on. I'm like, mom, I can't keep going here. I got to go, you know, yeah, go yeah. to the 10. And she was like, no, nah, I'm not going to do all that. And, you know, they didn't really listen to us back then. Like, they didn't know what was cracking. Right, right. So, she, man, the homies were just slowly but surely. Man, I was watching homies get beat up. I'm like, oh, shit. I yeah. just didn't know when it was my turn. Right, so, right. So, that whole year, bro, this is what I used to do. I used to go to school. And by the time it was like lunchtime and shit, I'd just take off and go get me a slice of pizza on the way home, walk. I'd leave the school and just go back home. So that whole school year, I kind of like got fucked up grades. And right. I had to go make it up in night school because I'm like, if I stay after school and all the dudes get together, right. they going to know like certain shit about, you know, they going to know course, what's cracking and shit. And okay. so, you know, a couple of people from Davis... That wasn't really getting down. It wasn't banging. When they got to Compton High, they was banging hard. And I'm like, oh, man, you banging? You wasn't banging at Davis. Right, right. And I used to look out for certain dudes, man. Right. And I'm like, but you know, shit, it is what it is. That was such a dope time. It was the 80s, if I'm correct. Yeah, hell yeah. Okay, now, uh, so you went to Compton High for one year. And mm -hmm. the, was it a full year? It wasn't even really a full year, man. I had okay. to, you know, it was... 
And then after that, because I know in Compton, there's three high schools, if I'm correct. Yep. There's Compton High, there's Centennial, Centennial. and Dominguez. And Dominguez, yeah. Dominguez. So you went to, after that, you went to, to transferred yep. to uh, Centennial. That's where I was supposed to be at that, in the first place. Right, <laughs> right. That was pretty much your school. Yep. Now, uh, um, let's backtrack a little bit. Growing up, what was it like at home uh, as far as music is concerned? What did you grow up with? What did your aunt or your sisters or your mom what kind of music all did you grow okay. all the ones you just named and you know just people coming to the house and this was at my grandmother's house like uh -huh. i said on fig so you had an afro with the bell bottoms and they listening to al green and motherfucking marvin gay all that shit bro and you just get it you listen to it and i used to like rick james they used to show me the covers and i'm like man that's a dope ass cover so the music just kind of got into me man i'll be dancing around and and in my family i don't know about everybody else's but i'm sure this shit happened too it started off cool as shit everything is good and then somebody drinking and then a little bit too much to drink and then the next thing you know now you remember johnny now johnny used to have this blue cadillac no, he didn't have a blue Cadillac. It was gray. Motherfucker, it was blue. And then next thing you know, motherfuckers be fighting and the house right. party get fucked up. Of course. Motherfuckers screaming, police come, this and this and that. But I was introduced to music like that from just from the a young up. age and moms and auntie and grandma and all the uncles I had and people coming over. And, and I used to just really be in there dancing and listening to it, you know. Just, right, right. And, and, you know, it's just I gravitated towards music and and then junior high school i picked up the alto saxophone yeah and i was learning how to play the alto sax with uh mr mitchell okay my band my you know my uh music teacher uh -huh. and he was teaching me how to play you know certain shit and i was just into music at that time right i just now if i had to do it all over again i tell my youngest son that i said son if you want to get into music i suggest you play the keyboard right now the modules are so dope and i'm sure you know yeah because you produce but the modules are so dope now if you play keyboard you could damn near play anything you just turn it to clarinet flute guitar anything I, you want to play you can play that and it sounds yeah. real you know realistic right. so i played the woodwind instrument and i you know did shit like that i played baseball ran track you know just little shit like that dope, in school dope, so. dope so so okay in the past program i actually shared when I was like in elementary because I'm a few years older than you. Mm -hmm. My, the first rap song that I ever heard was, of course, was Rapper's Delight. And then after that, I heard Blondie, Rapture, and so on and so forth. Oh, what, what what was the first or that you remember rap music that you heard? What or And what was it about it that attracted you to it? Well, this is crazy, man. <laughs> One of the first, of course, it was like Rapper's Delight, the Sugar Hill Gang shit. That was like kind of like the the mainstream but the underground right. shit right but one of the records that blew my fucking mind guess who it was bro and that's probably why i rap all crazy now and do crazy shit it was blowfly blowfly rap dirty i'm here to sock some soul to your ass i grabbed godzilla by the bull and i bought the ball then i caught a hold to the bull remember all that shit yeah he was talking? what i thought was a bitch was nothing, nothing but, but a man, man. <laughs> yep. yeah yeah talk shit so shit like that and then i used to listen to like mixtapes with uh, the Wanda and Leroy on yeah. there. That's, that's what dumb. you mean, more? You got it all now. Yo, uh, I'm glad you stayed tuned uh, because <laughs> what happened was we had a technical difficulty. It usually doesn't happen, but 
it did. So my apologies. We're going to go ahead and pick it up right where we left off. We were actually talking about music. We were talking about when he was at Centennial High School. That was Steve Yano. Yeah. Easy E spirit. Ooh. Exactly. So let's go ahead and pick up where we left off, which was uh, you were talking about Blowfly. And, um, yeah. And just certain, you know, I was just... You know, growing up and you hear music, man, and it was like like any other kid. When you hear certain words, you uh -huh. you're like, oh shit, like that's dope. And you know, it's, mm -hmm. man, it's you know, just all types of music, man. And I just learned, just I, I really, really appreciate music even more when I took the music class and was looking at sheets and time signatures and shit like that. Like it just really right. opened my mind for music. Not just, okay, I just listen to rap or I just listen to hip hop. I have probably in my car now, if you walk out to it, I got like all types of cars. I'm in auto business or whatever and shit. Oh. Like, so, but if you go in there and you hit one of my programs, nine times out of 10, you're gonna hit like 91.5, like a classic music right. station where it's all like Beethoven, mm -hmm. Chopin, like different, Okay. Symphony number, whatever. So that music for me, bro, if I have a headache or I'm in traffic and I'm stressed out, like I hit that station and I swear to you, bro, like I don't take no aspirin right. or no bullshit or nothing like that. That music relaxes me and my headache is gone. I don't know what, what it does, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's that shit. You know what I mean? Right, so right. I listen to all like different types of genres of music, man. So you were rapping in junior high pretty much on your own oh, at, yeah. at what point do you remember meeting uh, uh or hooking up with dj quick well shit, like i said when my, my mom's lived in compton so we me and quick was friends like it was before high c and quick it okay. was just crawford and david right we used to ride dirt bikes and fuck around okay. and do all kinds of shit together so we really stayed like literally around the corner like he stayed on spruce 400 block i stayed on occasion 800 block of, right uh, I stayed on occasion Rosecrans, like right there. Dope, dope. And about uh, about when did you guys? Um, w was he always rapping as well? Nah, Quick didn't even rap, bro. You heard that that tape? I don't know if you're gonna play it now, but it's funny, like the old tape. Right, right. Quick was like that. He all been that dude is just like a genius, and I'm not just saying that because he my brother, like we all bros, but. That dude picks up any piece of equipment, man, and I, I'm not lying to you. I swear to God, he pick it up. Don't touch the manual and just start fucking with it and master it. Right. Like right. he always been like that, man. And he'll take like little keyboards and little shit that we had because back then we didn't have nothing. You right. Know what I mean? Right. The little stuff that we had was cheap as shit, but right. he will get the most out of the less. I mean, out of the least shit. You know what right. I'm saying? No, that's dope. That's one thing that uh, he actually reminded me. That was the impression that I got because. Mm -hmm. When, uh, just to jump ahead a little bit, when we were at Audio Achievements and I would see Drake put together some stuff, mm -hmm. and then I would see Quick put together some stuff, I was like, wow, like it, it's almost like the same person, two mm -hmm. different bodies, like yeah. both musical geniuses. Yeah, both of them. You know? Yeah, Drake, Drake killing the way his, you know, I done sat in with, with, with sessions with Dre, man, is uh -huh. my damn eyelashes be wiggling and shit because <laughs> the music be Dre be playing that shit loud as hell. My shirt be going like right, this and shit, right. my eyelashes. You got to take a. You can't breathe sometimes. <sighs> right now, now, okay. What I want to get into now is when did you start working at the Rhodium? Because that's where we met. Yeah. So, man, to to, I always been man, just the type man. I just you know, I just always was a grinder. I feel like if you want something, you got to go out and get it. And I just always love my independence. You know what I mean? Right. So. 
on the weekends, I was still in school. I was young as fuck. On the weekend, bro, before I had my little car, I did have a car when I was a teenager, though, and everybody right. used to be like, oh, he rolling and this and that. I remember. I had an El Camino. El Camino. Um, We're going to get into that. Yeah, the gold Dayton's and everything. Man, that car was a fucking nightmare. I had to carry a gun to school. Like, I don't want my son. Don't do that shit. Right, right. But, <laughs> you know, it was one of them, like, Dayton's motherfuckers that run up on you and just blast you and take yeah. it, jack you for your Dayton's. They used yeah. to call them what? Uh, killer Dayton's. Killer Dayton's. Yeah. And motherfuckers was really getting pilled for them rims because they was worth thousands of dollars. So right. anyway, before I got all that shit cracking, I was just independent, bro. I felt like, you know what? Like, man, I can't keep asking my moms for something. And I had a, a stepfather that I didn't have no kind. I didn't really have a great relationship with him. Couldn't really. I didn't dig him at all, really. Right. So I was like, look, I'm going to go ahead and um just try to do my own shit. So my boy told me, and this is my boy Gary calling BV. He was like, man, I'm going up here to... The rhodium, they got jobs up there and shit like that. And I was like, oh, for real? Because I'm like, never been no lazy. Right, right, right. I'm like, come on, let's go up there. So I went up there, bro. And he said, man, I said, well, what up? Well, shit, I'm here. So what do I supposed to do? He was just like, man, go talk to the dudes with the trucks. They got the shit on the trucks and just ask them, can you help them set up? And I was like, man, you sure? I said, man, they don't even fuck with me like that. So right. You remember my dude, little George, right? Yeah, George, yeah, he was yeah. a little dude for France and French, French little dude. dude yeah. And he was like a little butterball, but he had game out of this world. Yeah, you were, t- you were telling me. He was sweet. He know how to talk a girl. Into- Next thing you, he he sold clothes. Let me rewind a little bit. He sold women's clothing. And before you know it, like girls will walk up and you could tell they didn't want to buy shit. By the time they finished talking to George with that French and he hold their hand and this and that, you look like a size uh, five and this and this and that. And he was a little butterball. Next thing you know, they was digging in their purse, bro, and buying some yeah. shit and buying some more shit. I'm like, damn, George got like some swag. And, and George hired me. So I end up, you know, working with him, working man. with George selling pants. So that's how I was like, maybe that's how I like I still to this right. day, you know. Wifey might kill me, but I, I admire like nice right. shapes and butt. Of course, and we all do. Booties and all that shit. So as a man, I'm like, man, and I started getting good like he did with guessing the sizes. When a girl walk up, I'm like, oh, she like a three. Then the girls walk up with that cake. I'm like, oh, that's like Hell a goddamn yeah. 13 or 12. Yeah. Uh, look, look, I'm like, come and try this thing on, girl. Let right. me see, you know. So Dope. got into that shit. And then after that. I'm locked in with George. I'm selling the pants. He's telling me what to do. Once again, the shit that I'm always gravitated towards to or pulled towards is what? Music. Music. I'm way in the corner. You know where my shit is. Of course. I hear this shit. And I'm like, man, that shit is. Boom, boom. Yeah. And I'm just dancing all over to the boom. I'm walking to it like. I got to go see what this shit is, man. It just keep... I was like Pookie in the glass tank. Yeah, it yeah. It just keep calling me. Yeah. So I ran over to the motherfucking thing, and I'm like... But when I get there and shit, and I'm like, no bullshit, and there's no offense, right. I'm like thinking, I'm going to see some of the homies, you know, right, some niggas right. hanging out, black, you know what I'm saying? I get there, and I see Steve. Steve I'm looking Yano. like Steve Yano, man. Rest in peace, Steve. Yes, rest in we peace. Love Steve, man. And shout out to Susan and the daughters, too. Sherry and all of them. So... I seen Steve and I'm like, the fuck Steve know about this hip hop shit? Cause that's when we was right. So you know, like of course. nobody fuck with us. We was our own culture. We right. was cursing. We was gangster. We was black power. We was all kinds of shit. And the media didn't fuck with us. Mainstream right. didn't fuck with us at all. So to see Steve know his shit like he did, I was like, damn, this like a, a Japanese dude yeah. that really know his shit. Real educated. Yeah. And then it was a motherfucker over there scratching and doing all this other shit that had 
I'm like, man, the Tony A, and it was you. I'm like, yeah. what, what the fuck? You know, you know, it was funny because during that time, I was old, Steve already had me. He had already introduced me to Dre, Jinks, Easy, and those guys. And I was doing mixtapes for them, uh, for Steve. They were rapping on them, you know. And all of that happened because of Steve, you know. Yeah. It wasn't like I knew them or, you know, but Steve introduced me to all of them. So I had, I was privileged and honored to have worked with them. But I remember one day Steve calls me up and he goes, hey, you know, Dre is not going to be able to rap on these mixtapes anymore. So we need to get somebody else. Mm. And I said, well, who do you know? And he goes, I know a guy. And and I, and I shit you not, this is the way he told me. I know a guy. He kind of has a high C, I mean, uh, easy E voice. He's the blood. <laughs> he's from Compton. And he's way in the back. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go to the Swami and I'm going to meet him. Okay, cool. So here, here I go. <clears throat> go to the Swami and it's weird. I'm like, Steve, so what's up? And then I hear you, but I didn't know it was you because I, I hadn't seen you yet. Yeah. And then remember you said, uh, Steve, is Tony here yet? I guess he had told you that I was coming. Yeah, he did the same. I was, was going to yeah. say funny shit because he did the same thing. Man, I got this DJ and he's, you know how Steve talking, right. man, he's, he's, he's dope. Man, he, you got to check this guy out, man. He does the mix. He's dope. Yeah. So I'm yeah. like, shit, well, you know, let me meet him. What's, yeah. what's happening? So I remember I, he said, no, nah, he's not here yet. Mm. And then I was like, when they were Tony just talking about then so you leave and I walk up to him and I said hey Steve who's that and he goes oh that's that guy I see the guy I told you about go meet him yeah. and I thought well why didn't you just tell him I was right here <laughs> he goes well, I wanted to tell you first I don't know if you wanted to meet him yet <laughs> alright so I go over there I mean, we shook hands we exchanged numbers yeah. and I told Steve yeah he's gonna come to my house so now this is a story you didn't know that I'm gonna tell you yeah. I hope you're not mad at me <laughs> he came to my house and I heard the music bumping yeah. I came outside. You kicked Joe from Compton, all the women in the El Camino, with the gold D's, <laughs> with the with, with the gold leaf or the green graphics on the side. Yeah. You flip a U, and in the back it said outstanding. And that yeah. was the song you were bumping, outstanding yeah. by the Gap Band. Yeah. I was like, damn, this is a straight Compton fool, you know? <laughs> so you get out, you're wearing all white. You got your jewelry curl juicy dripping everywhere. Wet. And you're wet, you know? And I was like, damn, all right, come on in. Yeah. I pulled out one of the ultimate breaks and beats and you wrapped the song called I'm Hard. That's what you wrapped. And I see, I had so much shit. Yeah. And, and I listened to you and I said, okay, cool. I'll let Steve know. So you left. I called Steve. I go, Steve, you wrapped a song called I'm Hard. What did you think? I didn't think it was that hard. That's what I... <laughs> Uh, so so here's what happened. It wasn't hard enough. It wasn't all the way done. It was still, right, it was right. still drying. Right. So what happened like was, concrete. yeah, you called me and then you tell me, hey, uh, I'm performing at my school, uh, Centennial High. You want to come DJ for me? And I said, yeah, okay. I remember we took our speakers. We was in the yeah, gym. Yeah, now, yeah. at that time, were you in the 12th grade? I think that was 11th grade. Okay. Probably, yeah. And I remember after that day, I called up Steve and I said, let's put him on the mixtapes because you know what? When he came over and rapped, I thought he was pretty good. But when I saw him engage the crowd, I said, that's what I liked. Yeah. That's what I like. To me, you're one of the few rappers and I'll include quick second AMG as well. One of the few rappers that when you perform, you sound like your records. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. most people just get up there and just scream and it doesn't even sound the same. Yeah, yeah. So when I saw you perform and engaged with the crowd, I thought that that shit was dope. I said, okay, we need to go ahead and hook up. Yeah. And then that's when we started the, the mixtapes and pretty much the rest was history. Uh, um, I'll tell you what. I learned something today. Yeah. See, in that time too, I have something to tell you. When Steve was doing his shit like that, I had saved up some money. And my mom's had gave me a little extra. Uh -huh. I don't know if you remember the studio called the Kitchen Sink. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I remember. I've never ago. been there, but I've heard of it. Before they moved it around, it's been like probably a lot of people fuck with them, but I was one of the pioneers wow. fucking with them. So I went in there, bro. I was nervous as fuck. I had all my notepads and all this shit. And I don't even remember the name of the first song I did, but I went in there like it was a real studio. And you know how back in then when you say studio, motherfuckers would just light up. That means right. you're really doing something. Right. So I went in there and cut the demo, man. And I was taking this demo to like Curtis Blow. I was sending out a demo to um And we say Luke demo. Skywalker. We say cassettes. Yeah, cassettes, like a tape of this shit. Yeah. We say demo. And and motherfuckers don't even know when they say mixed tape, it ain't a fucking mixed MP3 or mixed fucking CD. Right. It's a mixed motherfucking cassette tape. Right. That mean a mixed tape. You used to stop the motherfucker, pause it, do whatever we had to do. It's a mixed tape. So that's where the term terminology mixtape came from right like, from right little motherfuckers that don't know like now we're just streaming exactly now i want you to hold that thought because for us to stay on time uh, uh we're gonna go to a commercial break let's do it we're gonna play a demo okay <laughs> and then we're gonna play so you done found some of that old shit the old shit uh, some of the shit that you and quick put together that ended up on the album so let me, let me go ahead damn. and uh tell the audience that uh I'm, First of all, I want to apologize for that glitch that we had. For some reason, the cameras or YouTube froze, whatever the hell it was. But we're back. Call somebody. Let them know that we're about to play some exclusive songs that uh, uh, actually made it on the album. Uh, uh, Quick produced it. And you can actually hear Quick interact with High C in this demo. This came actually from, <laughs> from a cassette. He must have been, what, about 17, 18 years old. Shit, well, if that was back then, right. I, was, I was younger than that. Yeah. So these are old cassettes. When this ain't nothing new. These are old cassettes that we actually had to restore so that you guys can hear it. After that, we're going to get into how I'm Not Your Puppet was created. And we're going to play the original cassette version that we released at the Swamp Meet, sold by Steve Yano exclusively at the Rhodium. So once again, I apologize for that uh, um, that glitch, but we'll be back and we're going to get into I'm Not Your Puppet. We're going to get into how I was sitting in the park, how we got a record deal, and a bunch of good stuff that you didn't know about some of our songs. So uh, once again, John, uh, take it away and uh, stay tuned. Yo, welcome back, everybody. Uh, once again, I just want to mention that at the beginning, uh, we're actually in the middle of our first segment. We actually had a glitch where... Uh, uh, either the camera froze or YouTube froze or whatever it was, so we want to apologize for that. But we're picking it up right here with uh, my good friend, my brother, my mean compadre, uh, hey, hey. C. We're back, we're picking it up. So we were at uh, the Rodian Swan meet. We had cut I'm Not Your Puppet actually in my bedroom. Yeah. And if I'm, cor if I'm correct, and maybe you can actually even elaborate a little bit, how we came up with that was that I had two puppets Mm -hmm. And I was just playing them back and forth, cutting them, and you were just pretty much freestyling. Yeah. And Steve, loving oldies, a Japanese vendor from the city of Whittier, hears it, and he says, that shit is dope. <laughs> Those were his words. And he said, let's do that shit. And yeah. we had never did an original song, like, on a mixtape. And uh, I said, all right, you know, let's go ahead and, and do it. And that was the version that you guys just heard uh, just recently on, on the commercial break. And um, I remember, I think that song was like, damn, almost six minutes long. Like, yeah, it was just because that's that's when I was just in, like I said before, just rapping and battling at school. Like I had so many fucking right. raps and books. And right. I was writing raps on the wall. Not to forget, I had shit everywhere, bro. You, you know, one thing that I was excited about doing that song was because when I did the cut and scratching, mm -hmm. you know, she smoked pre-mo's because she thought it tastes good, you know. Yeah. 
I I really wanted to impress you yeah. on that because back then, you know, we had uh, uh, songs had cutting and scratching back then. Hell yeah, that was did. a style, you, you know. Did, and when you were like loving it, I was like, hell yeah, I did something right. Yeah, no, you did, bro. So and I'm gonna tell you something that you didn't even know. The OG rap group out of New York, EPMD. Uh huh. You remember them, right? Of course. DJ Scratch. Of course. I put on one of your tapes, man, and Scratch went fucking crazy. You know how you play something and you can see a person eyes. You're like, yo, son, what, what the fuck is that? Wow. He was kind of like that with that shit. Dope. Shout out DJ Scratch. Shout out Scratch. fucking Eric Sermon, man. Eric Sermon is a fucking genius in hip hop, man. We was at the Wessels one like a, probably a couple years ago, and uh -huh. a lot of names was there and shit. And I said, you know, because people haven't saw me, man. When they see me again, they like, damn, this motherfucker big, like 100 pounds bigger. Right. You know what I'm saying? They like don't really, some of them look at me like I kind of know him. I said, what up, E? It's high C. He said, yo, don't play me like that, kid. Don't play me like that, kid. I know who you are. Where's DJ Quick? Where's David? <laughs> you know yeah, how he got that yeah. voice, man. I like, fuck, EPMD was always like one of my favorite like groups, man. Like one of the phase that I dope, love. Like, dope. You, you know, one thing about working with you, not only was it dope, it was me, you. I think about this. Mexican, a black guy, and a Japanese guy in a room. Huh, that's like telling a fucking joke. Y yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, you know, one thing that I'm happy about us, about me and you, is that we stayed looking fit. We didn't get old and raggedy, titties yeah. sagging, titties popping out of, you know, muscle shirts. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I'm thankful that we kept ourselves Man, up. thank God. B because, I mean, we go to shows, dude, and you see dudes that look like they're ready to croak. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like, bad. I'm not going to yeah. name no names, but damn already. Yeah, it's like, whoa. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm 51, mm -hmm. I, and I'm thankful. You know what? When I turned 50, I was happy. I was happy, you know, and I was thinking to myself, you know, I don't want to speed things along, but I can't wait till I turn 60. I just turned 37. Again. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> dope, dope. So we did I'm Not Your Puppet. Yeah. Now, he, here's a funny story, okay, about that song. Uh, and I have to share it with you because, it, it, I mean, we hardly ever get together and you rarely ever do any interviews. Yeah. So this is a Rhodium uh, uh, radio exclusive. I remember I was on the phone about three o'clock in the morning, somewhere around there. And I was talking to someone and I was just whispering, oh, I love you and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I hear a Sentra, mm -hmm. you know, Nissan Sentra pull up, bumping mm -hmm. our mixtape, I'm Not Your Puppet. Yeah. They didn't know that I was the producer of that song. Yeah. You were the rapper. And all of a sudden they throw up all these bees. Uh, and they're like, oh, damn, they caught me slipping. Mm -hmm. You know, they pull in and I'm looking at them and I'm like, hey, you know, I think I'm going to uh, get beat up. So I'm going to go ahead and let you go. And I hung up and I just kept going. I just kept walking. Mm -hmm. But they stood right there, man. I got banged on by one of our songs. Oh, shit. I thought that was pretty funny, man. I thought that was pretty I funny. I got banged on, too. You remember that shit? Oh, were you know, in the car with us? No, 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 when no. We were by the projects? No, no. Steve but, Yano was driving? Was on, you in the, the car side. with Yeah, us? yeah. Me, you, and Steve. And I remember uh, uh, the West Side Projects. That shit was Go ahead funny, and share that story, bro. man. So, Steve Yano, like Tony A said, man, Steve Yano, Asian cat, cool as fuck, but just he don't do none of that. He ain't with none of that street life shit. Tony A living in Wilmington, you know, we from, from the set or whatever. So I drive by and I see a lot of fools out there and they looking at me. So I'm like, man, they look at the fuck they looking at. You right. know, we young. I'm like, of course, I'm, I'm with the bullshit always. So they looking at me, staring at me. So I just throw it up to them, give it up to them. Bam. And they looked at me like, oh, shit, that fool just threw it up. So I didn't even think nothing of it. We passed them like their little projects. And man, we had to stop at a stoplight. Right. So when we stopped at the stoplight. 
I looked at Steve Mirror and shit. I see these motherfuckers running towards the, the van. We right. was in the van. Right. And I said, Steve, you got to go. And he said, the light is red. I'm, you know, I used to of talk. Of course. The light's red. I'm not going to go. I said, Steve, man, you got to go. So I jumped up out. What, you remember what I did? Yeah. You, I jumped up yes. out the seat and put my foot all the way over to the other motherfucking side. And pressed the gas, and we ran the red like these motherfuckers whip out guns right. and shit. And they was about to bust on us. And Steve said, Croft, you can't be fucking doing that gang shit in my I, car. I, I, I remember. <laughs> I remember because I, I just laughed the shit. You laughed. We thought, he was like, man, this shit is funny as fuck. We used to do crazy shit, bro. Yeah, yeah. So Steve once told me, he said that high C tape, because I told him, I want you to name that tape that had I'm not your puppet on on there. I want you to name it High C because I want his name to get out there. I remember when I first did my mixtape, my first mixtape with with him was in 87. Supersonic had just dropped and he said, by this time next year, your name's going to be known. So when I hooked up with you, I wanted the same thing. So I said, name it High C. Our next one was Scandalous. Yeah. And then that's when he said, let's do another oldie. And I remember all we did was just flip the records over because uh, I think they were uh, called uh, Latin... Latin oldies, the, the, it was a compila oldie compilation. Uh -huh. And you were like, I like that one. And it was yeah, sitting in the park. In the park, yeah. So that's we just. just a classic. Yeah. That's one of them ones. So, so we said, let's do it again. And see how spoiled these little motherfuckers are, bro. See what you just said? Yeah. We had to get our name out there by pushing it out there, shaking the hand, looking the motherfucker in their eye, telling them it's cool and this and this and that. Yeah. And my boy Quick, man, shout out to Quick. He, he tuning in and shit. He looking at us. But he always say, man, get your Instagram. And I'm like, cool, I'm going to get it. You know, and one day I am going to get it. I ain't lying to you. Bro. I'm going to get this shit. Right, right. But just imagine if we had that shit back in the day when we could just push a button and our shit is way on the other side of the earth in egypt in egypt yeah. it would be dope as fuck so we had to really load up in the van quick note the story second to none of them know we right. was dressed to like get in the van greedy greg van and drive up like two hours up up north and perform and shake yeah. people's hands go to the radio station look at motherfucker in his eye if he didn't like your shit here you could tell on his face he yeah. really didn't like yeah. it. he was playing it because he had to yeah, you know what I'm saying? But now it's and, just and, and look at all the work that went into all those tapes that Steve would sit there and punch those letters and yeah. the little stickers so that he could put on every single cassette. Bro, I used to leave when y'all was doing. I was like, man, I can't, you know. Yeah, shit. yeah. I couldn't sit still back then. I, know. I used to do it, and I used to like the the best part of the mixes and watching you get down. Right. And when you finish that part, when you was just playing the regular records, I'm like, all right, Tom, I'm bouncing. I'll be back, man. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, it, though, I remember. So we did sitting in the park. And I remember Steve saying, those tapes, if they were sound scanned back then, those tapes should have been gold. Yeah. And I remember him saying that. Sure. So we did those. Then uh, uh, our cassettes end up in the office of some music executive in Hollywood Records, which is mm -hmm. Disney. You know, it's funny how we ended up getting a record deal at one of the biggest companies in the world, which was Disney, mm -hmm. just off of mixtapes. Just off of mixtapes. So first, yeah. The first fucking rap artist on Disney. Yes, first. That's history right there. And label and, mates to Queen. Yeah. To Queen. Wow, that's dope, right? Yeah, exactly. And who else was in our deal, bro? Uh, Raw Fusion. No, no, no. I'm talking about who had a part of our deal that we had to get out of our fucking contract. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, uh, Jerry Heller. Jerry Heller, yeah. The I didn't want to say his Jerry name. Jerry Heller was in our fucking... Yeah. say his name, shit. We're gonna, it's real. Uh, rest in peace, lying. yeah. Rest in peace, Jerry Heller. Shout out Violet Brown, man. Violet, Violet Brown, too. Had, had a, um, a a big part on us selling that deal yeah. with uh, um, Hollywood Records. But Jerry Heller, yeah, he was about his money. And, yeah. you know, but now I have a story that I want to share because I remember 
when we had a meeting with Hollywood, they signed us for I'm Not Your Puppet. They gave us 40000 and they really, I know they didn't really know what they were doing. That They had a bunch of kids that didn't really that know what they were doing. that was just for the single, because it was a lot of money. I yes. don't say how much, but for the album deal, you remember, right. it was a lot more money. Right. That was just the single deal. That's how we was caking back then. Right. We spoiled as fuck. Yeah. We got 40 for a fucking single. Single. And it sold well, so they offered us the album. Hell yeah, they came right with it. They had the option right. to pick it up. Now, let me say this, because you shared this story with me. I remember one time... You had produced a beat because you were also messing around with the SB12. Yeah. And you said, uh, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do with this one. And I heard it. Mm. And I liked it a lot. Mm. Boom, boom, ch boom, boom, doom, boom, boom, ch boom, boom. Mm. Like that shit, like, my, <laughs> lit me up. Yeah. So I remember you said, I'll be back. I'm going to go somewhere. And I think you went to the Slauson Indoor. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you remember. When you came back, you go, Tone, I got lyrics, bro. I got something I want to say. And you wrote punk shit. Now, correct me if I'm wrong about the incident that happened. Yeah. Was it there? You want to share was, that? That was the, uh, that was the, uh, Vermont swap meet. The Vermont. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's just some street shit. You know, when a nigga catch you slipping. I had a dude in there, man, that used to like fucking with our tapes. You know, tape. He wanted to hear like the shit that we did with Quick. Like uh -huh. Quick had the red tape. You know what I'm saying? Like the shit back then was making the tapes and you say a motherfucking name and the tape and, and the ballers and the dope dealers in the hood to give you a hundred dollars just to say they name on the tape and shit. Right, right. Like, oh man, little man, make me another tape. So shit, fuck it, we'll run the tape. Right. So I had some tapes on me uh -huh. and it was a dude that was in the uh, swap meet, a big old motherfucker too. He had like <laughs> some fucking 25 inch arms. Right, pythons. He never used them though. He didn't even help me out. No? Nope. Hell, fucking no. Nah. Supposed to be my nigga, but so I go in there early in the morning and you know, shit, I know I'm out of bounds and shit, but I'm like, yo, fuck it. These niggas ain't up this early. I'm a creep in here. Right, you know right. me, I ain't, I ain't not on no brave shit and not, I'm just not no nigga that's going to be all scary and I'm, right. I'm going to pull up. Right. So I'm like, cause I know people everywhere, man. And I'll be, you know, so if something happened, I can get a line damn near on anybody. So right. I'm like, fuck it. I, I'll pull up, man. I'll pull up. And I'm like, fuck, these dudes in here, they about seven to eight deep. And right, I'm at right. the fucking uh, stand giving these dudes the tapes because I had some of the tapes. He was like, man, bring me some of the tapes. So I'm going to sell them. And I'm like, bro, I'm going to give them to you. You do what you want. You know, we right. just trying to spread the shit. This is before it really got cracking. Right. So I look up, bro. I look to the side like this and I see some dudes. It's about seven to eight dudes looking at me. I'm like, ah, oh, shit. Okay, here we go. So. I wasn't really tripping then. I'm talking to the dude, and I could tell, like, he's looking. And you know how when you know some shit about to pop off, mm -hmm. it kind of get kind of funny? The thing that really fucked me up, bro, and i never forget this, the armed security guard, he had his pistol on him. He was dressed up. The armed security guard came down one of the rows of the swap meet. The motherfucker looked like this and saw the dudes, and he went back like this. Like, ah. Oh. And then I said, oh, fuck, it's bad now. Right. Because if this motherfucker got a gun and he's scared to talk to these dudes, right. then I'm fucked now. Like, oh, shit, I got to get out of here. So the niggas walk up and shit. Like, hey, homie, where you from? This and this and that. I know you with that bullshit, nigga. I know quick. I know this and this and that. Right. And like, I'm like, yeah, nigga, whatever. And then they try to, try to grab my chain. I so remember I slapped that. slapped his hand down. And he was like, nigga, don't touch my hand. And you know how they fall. Right. Extra. I'm like, man, fuck, I ain't about to give up nothing. So the littlest one out the whole fucking clique, right? The littlest one walked up to me and he put his hand on my chain. And he just said, the homie said, give me his chain. And he pulled it. I looked down. This motherfucker had the pistol like this. So I'm like, oh, if he wow. didn't have his pistol, I would knock his little ass out. I would right, knock right. him under a motherfucking booth. But he had the pistol on him. So right. 
I was like, fuck it. I guess y'all got me. It's a lick. So one of them came from the back. He grabbed me around the neck. The other ones ran in my pocket. They started scrambling and running, this and that. The big motherfucker with the 25-inch arms, he yeah. came running over later on. Oh, uh, let what me help happened? you up, Crow. How do you see? I'm like, get your big motherfucking ass off of me. So that was the story. got back to the car. That was the story. That's what made me write, write that shit. So... You know, told the homies what happened, man. We rolled around the SWAT meet. I ain't gonna lie, bro. We had to roll around that motherfucker like twenty times. That, you know, could never find nobody. I have. You know how shit. Of goes. course, of course. And I remember back. when you came back, you were like hot. You were telling I got some lyrics, man. Mm -hmm. And to me, okay, I have two favorite songs on our album, and that's one of them. Yeah, that's one of them. I, and I wanted to share that story with people because a lot of people don't know why you rapped that way and what, why you said what you said. Yep. Now, there was a song that didn't make it on the album and actually made it on the EP or it was on the single, I'm Not Your Puppet. Yeah. It was a song called Jack Move. Yeah. Okay. And on there, you said, Mi high C is one mean compadre. Tu no me gusta chinga tu madre. Okay. Now, let me tell you, that went pretty much viral before there was any internet. Okay. Yeah. And for years, for years. And Tell, I'm hey, to, tell what's up? I got to stop you, bro. Go ahead, go ahead. Can you tell them that shit? Because they... they Rewind this shit. Y'all motherfuckers listen to this. Tell them that shit again, Tom. So motherfuckers don't think I'm the one that's jacking shit. Or who was the first motherfucker speaking Spanish on the song? High C on Jack Move. Okay. That was... Bro. Okay. And and I, I remember when you said it, I was like, that shit was hard. Okay. <laughs> but now... I fuck with the Uno. Dope, yeah. Threats, quad, you were dope, telling me. I don't even know. But... But let me say yeah, this. I fuck with that. Did you ever? And I fuck with the homie song. Which one? Go loco, go okay. loco, YG, little homie from the neighborhood. Now that song went viral before there was ever any internet, and everybody for some reason thought High C must be Mexican. Yeah. I know you heard that a lot. Yeah. So let's clear that up. Mm -hmm. Is High C Mexican? Shit, you got to come find out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> everywhere we went, is he Mexican? You and I was like, well, look at him. Out. You know, uh, wait, is he half? Look yeah. at him. You know, so there it is there. My auntie from Guatemala. Yeah. Yeah, I got, man, I, it's, I'm a mystery, bro. Okay, you good. You got to come find out. Shit. Okay, now I want to touch on another song. Mamacita, solo la puntita. There you go. Uh, um, <laughs> froggy style. I, I, now, I know doggy style was popular. Mm -hmm. Okay, but you came up with froggy style. You first said it on Quick's album. Yeah. And then you made a song called... Froggy, Froggy style. style. I mean, you were even saying ribbit, ribbit on the hook. I don't know if that was a girl <laughs> going up and down or what. So what made you come up with Froggy Style? Well, it was just one of the things, man. It was like a, a core of us, bro. It was me and Quick. You know, like I said, me and Quick was neighbors. We was already doing shit. And you're going to probably play one of them. That was That's the next joint we're going to play, right? right? One of the little demos me and Quick right. did. So me and him... D and KK, like they related to each other, they relatives. So AMG came, he was like the last one to step to our group. Okay. And AMG was like from, I think, mid, uh, Midwest or from back east or whatever. From Cleveland. Used to have his, yeah, he used to have his little high top fade or whatever. Yeah. We had to teach him how to put on the khaki suit. Yeah, I remember that. Like one side too small. Be like, nigga, take that motherfucker off, get a bigger one. That's some clothes. You skinny know. khakis. Yeah, then we didn't wear skinny khakis. Yeah. Right. Shit had to sag, homie. Of course. So, you know, it was just a, a, a brothering, man, a friendly. Like, we just all had each other back and we just like, it was not even a competition because that wouldn't be the right word to say, but we all wanted to shine. Right. So if Quick said this line or this line, I wanted to say this line. If G heard me say this line, 
he wanted to say this line. Second to none, they was kind of like the first niggas that was doing the singing shit. Right. Now you hear all the time Drake and different people singing, but they was the, we was like kind of before our time, bro. If you like right. me speaking the Spanish shit, yeah. second to none singing, you know, quick always. Like I said, like I watched the engineer almost lose his job. This motherfucker saw Quick working the SSL board, and if you don't know what that is, right. it's a big ass board with ten thousand fucking table. switches bigger yeah. than it. Like yeah, the, yeah, you know, yep, yeah, about the size of this table with a million switches on it. This dude, he had his little LA school gear thing on. He paid probably a hundred racks to go to school. Quick came in, nah, nah, in your face, like, and he was like, hey, bro, where did you go to school at to uh, learn how to? Quick looked at him like this. He was like, I think he was working on some of his shit, dollars and cents or whatever. He looked at him like, man, I didn't go to school. You know, when he into his own, he don't really want to talk to you. The other engineer, he said, no, man, no way, man. The dude got all of his feelings and right, shit. Right. No way, man. You had to go to school to learn that. The other engineer, I could see him like nudge him like, hey, shh, like let him right. run. He was like, no fucking no way, man. <laughs> fucking no way, man. He had to go to school to learn this shit, bro. Nobody knows this board. I was like, bro, that's just quick. You know, th- th- there are people that uh, learn to get good and stuff like that. And then there are people that are just naturals. That's and he it. was just a natural. He's just a natural. He, he was just dude, a natural. Bro. One thing that a lot of people may not know mm-hmm. about our album is that we produced half of that audio achievements where NWA mm-hmm. recorded. You know, so we had an interaction with dope. Dre, Easy, uh, Donovan, yeah. the yeah. engineer, had a uh, 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 dope sound. Hell a yeah. lot of people don't know that. That's where we recorded half our album. And that was an awesome experience that we can also Hell be a yeah. part of that history. Now, now think about this, okay? Mm-hmm. You had Dre, the whole NWA posse, yeah. okay? Then you had Quick, Second to None, AMG, High C. This was the word on the street. That's the new NWA. <laughs> and it's true. That's it, crazy. It, it, we didn't look at it like that. We no. just look at it like right. us doing our shit, bro. And I remember going to the uh, Donovan, the Dirt Biker, at yeah. Achievement. And I remember, man, just vividly, I remember this fucking uh, 808 drum machine. Right. And Steve and uh, Steve was like in there looking at the equipment. Easy E had just bought this fucking keyboard. Big That's what we had to loop. I'm not your puppet on. Correct. We actually did. I'm not your puppet loop. Yes. Because no sampler was that big enough to right. sample that whole shit on Easy E's keyboard. Yes. So I'm looking around and I'm looking at this shit, bro. And Dr. Dre used to have a, a session with Funky Drummer, and they had the Funky Drummer crossed out like. Dre don't use funky drummer, like mm-hmm. no more funky drummer shit. Right. So I looked at this 808 drum machine and I said, man, Dre is a sneaky motherfucking genius. Dre had, he was the first people, this for the producers, he was the first dude I saw with an old 808, the original one, with a MIDI on the back of that shit. Right. And I said, man, Dre is a sneaky motherfucker, bro. That's why he make hits. Right. Dre is the shit. Like MIDI. It's like syncing up your your drum machine to the tape machine so it don't have to go through no wires and no different shit. That shit going to hit hard. When you listen to Dre shit, it's just not because he does shit like that. I'm like, how the fuck he get a MIDI on the old school like 808 fucking drum machine? You you know, let me say this. Some of my best times in my life was traveling when we did shows. (laughs) A a lot of people don't realize that it was work because... You have to do in stores. You have to autograph sessions. Hell you have to yeah. go to radio stations. You have to go to sound check. Go back to your room, Man. eat something, 
shower up, get ready, and really and no get, sleep. And then go perform. And, and then, then go train, perform. Turn up and do the same shit. A lot of people look at that shit, man. When they think I travel, they be like, oh, man, you know, you gone, you having fun, this and this and that. Oh, man, that fucking shit starts to wear down. It and we're not the spring chickens no more. So, you know, we still out there doing our shit, too. Right. So, like, when you get on the plane now, it's like, man, I want to get a little bit of sleep. Yes. You wake up, shit, your back hurt a little right. bit. And right. So... I don't know if I'm gonna take you back down memory lane, Go ahead. and it's just high C being a fucking fuck up like I always did when I was throwing, throwing up the gang signs yeah. in the projects and getting almost getting us killed. So I remember getting to you know tell me if you remember this shit. I remember getting to Philly. Yes, I remember. <laughs> I remember. I didn't think you were going to go there, but go for it. Bring it on. Fuck it. Let's do it. Since this, we want some good radio, some good yes. TV, right? So we get to Philly. It's cold as an Eskimo toenail in that motherfucker. Like, yeah. California boys, we don't really know how to handle it. Like, this shit is cold as fuck. Like, goddamn, cold as shit. So we get to the hotel. We tired. We frustrated. I think in Detroit, we just had a little fender bender with fly drive. Remember, we just bumped into right. like the black ice and shit. So... We check into the hotel. I'm just being sneaky on some high C shit. It's the old crawl dog. Man, I get to the hotel. I said, man, Tone, let me use your room. Man, I got to use the bathroom real quick, man. My room ain't ready, man. Let me use the bathroom. So I sneak into the, <laughs> I sneak into his room, bro. And I'm just like the prankster of the whole fucking crew. I sneak into the room. I go into his bathroom. I pull the curtain back. I put my ass on the end of the tub. And take a big old shit. It was like a big turd in big his tub. Big long John. Right in the tub. I pull the curtain back so he wouldn't see it. So I'm like, man, thank you for letting me use the bathroom. So I go check in my room, right? So the showtime is coming up. We about to get dressed or whatever. So I'm like, damn, when are you going to find out? So I pull the curtain so they don't see it. But Tony and them is in the room like, what the fuck is this smell? Like, damn, crop blew my bathroom up. So... When he get ready to take a shower, shit, it's a big ass turd. Big ass long john in there. <laughs> Dude. In the tub, not in the toilet, in the tub. In the he took a crap in the tub. Now here's the funny part. I because I remember you leaving and you had a look just like you're like, <laughs> uh, and I was like, what the hell is that guy running? Bro, why is he running out the room? So and then I'm like, okay, leave the door open. And then I started getting that whip of that shit. And I was like, <laughs> okay, nah, something went on. And do you remember what Sonny did? Our, our yeah, bodyguard? Our bodyguard picked it up. And tried to put it in front of my door so I could step on it. And by that time, the motherfucking hotel managers got wind of it. And remember what they did? They kicked us they out. They told us to get the fuck out. Now, remind you, we some Cali boys in motherfucking Philly. Cold at night. Cold as winter. Get the fuck out of our hotel. We fucked that hotel up. A big Because of a big old piece of dookie. That was in the tub. Yeah, so it's a Rodeo Radio exclusive right there. I remember when I told Steve that story, he was like, he did what? And I was like, he took a crap. Unbelievable. Dude, now, now, here's one story that I'm going to say because everybody always thinks that performing is just one big party until we got to Atlanta. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you remember this. We were performing there. And I remember they put us, I thought that night the bill uh, when I say Bill, was the the X. Mm -hmm. It was Dallas Effects. It was High C, Dallas Effects, and Cypress Hill. Yeah. This was like a windmill inside of a women were performing, and it was mm -hmm. packed. Mm -hmm. Dallas Effects goes in, then they wreck it, and then we go on. Mm -hmm. And that was the only time we ever got booed. Mm -hmm. And I remember what you did. 
you went to the side of the stage and you picked up there was like this big ass two by four <laughs> and you put that over your shoulder mm -hmm. and you're like hey you guys can boo if you guys want or whatever but uh, uh in order for me to get paid i gotta sing my songs so you guys can go outside or you can stay here because i'm gonna do my shit yeah you know God and, damn, i don't even remember yeah. yeah we got booed bro and i was like shit that was like first. Boo, boo. Boo, boo. and we finished our songs and we left and i mm -hmm. remember be real send dog they go up there but they actually showed us love, you know. Mm -hmm. You need to show love to, you know, uh, High C, blah, blah, blah. They're, they're from our neighborhood. Yeah. And But they went up there and wrecked shit. Yeah. I remember we flew back and we performed at a Halloween party in Sacramento. Mm -hmm. And Jodeci used to open up for us. Yeah. And we wrecked shit that night, bro. Yeah. I remember it. So good times, bro. My good, you know, good memories yeah, for me. Yeah. You know, the, uh, I mean, and just the God, thing damn. that all that started in, uh, from the swamp meet to my bedroom to center stage bro see oh, yeah. to me that's a dream come true and most people may never ever live that type of dream and it happened because we met at swami that's that's dope yeah man that's, yeah, that's dope. history so um i have one more question before we yeah, actually man. go to break now as far as you know uh, um and this i should have covered a little bit earlier but i'll cover it now yeah. when we did our first video Ian Fletcher, an Australian guy, yeah. which I thought that video was a piece of shit. My mm. opinion, uh, we paid him like 25 I thought it was G's. Dope. Really? Because I didn't know what the fuck a video was supposed to look like. So I'm like, shit, I'm, I'm just on camera. Right, so it's right. better than, you know what I'm saying? I, I, the reason why I didn't like it was because mm. the majority of it was all black and white. And yeah. I would see other videos that were color. Mm. I, I know we wanted to do it at Ground Zero at the Rodeo Swami because that's where it all started for us. I like that. But I thought it could have been a little bit better. Yeah. Then... A lot of people don't know that the next guys that we meet that film our video, Leave My Curls Alone, mm. was the Hughes Brothers. Yeah. Alan and Albert, the directors yeah. of uh, Menace to Society, yeah. their presidents, um, yeah, American yeah. Pimp, The Book of Eli. Their very first filming ever mm. was actually our two videos, yep. which was... Uh, uh, leave my crows alone yeah. uh, at Venice Beach, mm -hmm. and then we did sitting in the park with them at Echo Park. Yeah. Uh, um, so that right there was in a history, it's history within itself because I think they were like twenty or twenty-one. They was young as fuck. Man. Yeah. And, and, they, and they, just, they asked me for a chance, bro, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna give them a chance." And that's right. That's right. They actually, I was supposed to be. <laughs> this is another mm -hmm. exclusive. I was supposed to be in Minister Society, and they had me studying for the script. Uh huh. And guess who else was supposed to be in Minister Society? Now, you probably didn't know this. Tupac. Yes, that's true. Tupac. So when that's Tupac true. got into that shit with them, it was over that. And I felt the same way. I was mad as fuck about it. Right. Because like, they didn't even call. Like, I'm the first one to put a check in your pocket. We did. Right. Put a right. check in your pocket. I remember them pulling right. into our video set in Venice uh -huh. in an old Volkswagen that couldn't start. One of them had to get out. Right. I'm not shitting on them. I'm just telling the truth. It's facts. Get out, push the back of the car, pop the clutch so the motherfucking car starts. You know what I mean? Push right. start the right. bug. I remember. Forget that. So I'm like, man, I like how these dudes work. Man, let's give them a shot. So we gave right. them some money. And they was like, Croft, if you let us do this shit, man, I promise you I'm going to get you into the Minister Society movie. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. So Alan and Albert, if y'all hear this shit, bro, holla at it, boy, man. Yeah. And you know what? I'm still, you know. Still and, and this is one thing you didn't know as well. They mailed me the script, too. They had a little mm -hmm. type, type of cameo part. Mm -hmm. I only had one word. The yeah. car's in the back. That was it. That's you know? crazy. And, and um, they called me, and I did a lot of dumb shit that I regret now. And I'll tell you two of them. Mm -hmm. When they called me, said, we're going to film your part today. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I forgot. And I never went. Mm -hmm. they, they called me up early. And I, I was doing so much 
that I forgot and never went. The other one that I regret is when you went to Germany, if I'm correct, either seven or 10 days. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were all supposed to go. And then when I heard about that, the flight was like 13 hours. Mm -hmm. I'm like, hell no, I ain't going. You guys go, I'll yeah, go on the next one. I love that, bro. And that, was... that never came back to me. So that's another one uh, of my regrets. But you know what? We're going to get into, uh, um, we're going to take a little break and we're going to, uh, pick up right where we left off because it's getting really interesting. I'm going to ask you some off the wall crap. Okay. So I hope you're ready. Okay. Ready. Because I want people to get to know high C, not just from the stage, but him as a person and things that he finds, uh, intriguing. So anyway, we'll be back. Uh, what you're about to hear is a demo by, uh, DJ Quick and high C that was never ever released. You're only going to hear it here on <laughs> radio. I think as quick's listening, uh, much love, much respect to you. You're going to dig this. You can hear your voice. You can hear your little cutting and scratching. But after that, we have the Swamp Me version of uh, Sin in the Park because I'm Not Your Puppet, Sin in the Park first came out on these mixtapes before they were ever released to the public on vinyl, CD, cassette, etc. So, uh, John, please take us away and we'll be back 10 minutes, 10, uh, 12 minutes, and um, we'll be here with High C. Yo, welcome back, everybody, to High C episode three. Uh, we're having a dope conversation and we're reminiscing, going back down memory lane. But right now, I kind of want to change the channel just a little bit, take a little commercial break before we get back to the music. And I want to ask my boy High C something because every time I get together with him and my brother, the conversation goes into outer space. So now I'm going to ask you. <laughs> I see. I want to know, let the public know, do you believe in aliens? Uh, sir, Tony, I do believe that there in this whole galaxy, and it's not probably what you think, it's probably not a big head ass motherfucking big eyeball, funny finger looking alien, but there are other life forms in this galaxy. Okay. I believe that. Yes. Good, good. That was a good educated uh, answer. Do you believe in Bigfoot? I do believe in Bigfoot. You know, I, I, I my want theory, to... My go theory ahead, on Bigfoot, I think, and this may sound weird, because see, now you're going to get me into the, you know, how I see, I can't tell you what it stands for. You don't need to tell them, Tom. Don't okay, tell them, I won't. I, I really believe that, like, we have dimensions. You know what I mean? Like, okay. You know what I mean by dimensions. You can kind of... Like if you, you don't take like LSD science, or nothing like that, right? No, nah, I'm okay. just on that natural shit, bro. <laughs> there you go. No, I'm, I'm fucking around. But no, I think it's dimensions. Like I think Bigfoot is like really one of the like unique kind of creatures that know how to dimension jump, if you know what I mean. Like okay. people always would see it and then they don't see it. Right. So you smiling, but I'm serious about no, that shit. No, hey. So look, I think like if you see it or you have it trapped in the corner, it knows how to... It's a dimension jumper, if you know what I mean. Like okay. people know what I mean. Like it knows how to get away and protect itself, or maybe right. it can cloak and be dis like it'll disappear. Okay. Like it has like it's. I mean, we're stupid to think like we're the only original creatures, right. and we're this smart. Where do you think all this technology come from, bro? This shit didn't come from like a caveman or some motherfucker scratching they digging in their ass or they nose coming. Like this shit, we've been laced, bro. Okay. Okay. So you believe mm -hmm. in aliens mm -hmm. uh, and Bigfoot. Do you believe in, uh, you know, I'll be honest to you, growing up with a dad that, you know, you you weren't allowed to speak English at home and he would always talk to me about Martians and he was like, don't call them Marcianos, you know, he would mm -hmm. tell me, don't call them, they're, they're humanoids, that's what yeah. he would say, okay? That's, yeah, bro. And he, you know, I always wanted to believe in Bigfoot because of him, mm -hmm. but I just never saw enough 
proof when it came to aliens because somebody could throw a hubcap in the midair, take a Polaroid and say, look, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I don't believe in, in Bigfoot. All we have is the footage of him walking and him turning around and posing. Now, that's, doing the that's, Heisman. that may be that may that particular footage you're talking about. Right. That may be kind of sketchy. But OK. I mean, you can look now as you go on like you can Google shit. Now, the government is almost ready to tell us like. When they flying like this high tech shit, there's other crafts that come in and right. do these weird movements, and they know how to break certain like gravity flotation. Is it like they know how to do certain shit that we can never get our mind around, like uh, compulsion and all this okay. different shit that they do. Like our government is like I think they this close to like really letting some shit out, and you know what it's about, bro. You can't come out and just say. Hey, you know, this and this and right. that because people had a beliefs. They believe in, you know, the Lord and Savior. They believe in the Quran. They believe in different things. So if you come out and just kind of put certain shit out there, you're going to mess up all of this stuff that they kind of built to really, right. to me, it's like quality control or like, okay. You know what okay. I'm saying? It's, it's, well, well, you know, I, I, the reason why I ask this question is because I just wanted the, the public to see a different side of you. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I remember one time you told me, you were talking to my brother, you were like, oh, yeah, I listen to AM station, that little. Yeah. radio station yeah. where uh, I forgot coast to the, coast KFI. yeah there you go there you coast go coast to coast now uh, uh, check it out do you believe in alien abductions um, I, I think there's a possibility I do believe in that bro that's that's kind of like I mean it, it's it's facts to where people have disappeared or couldn't right. remember time and they'll do like um, like exams or do like x-rays on their body and they find like little foreign objects. They'll take the shit out. Right. And they'll examine the shit and they can't figure out what type of uh, form, what's the element to okay. that to that particular thing that they took out. Like if it's salt, it's a certain code for salt. It's a certain right. code for water, the element for, you know, they couldn't find out right. like where this shit come from. Like how did this get into this particular person? Mm -hmm. And they'll lose track of time, bro. Okay. okay. I have my own experience with like just ghost shit you know so it was just so high c has been abducted no no oh, okay, like okay. <laughs> no just just seeing certain shit okay now do you believe in ghosts yes okay that's what i'm talking about i have my own experience see, see, see my thing is this that yeah. i the reason why it's hard for me to believe in a lot of these things is because anybody could put up anything on google and mm -hmm. youtube but i never hear of haunted apartments i always hear of haunted houses so that's why you know, but I think it's interesting every time we get together and we talk about these things because yeah. it really has nothing to do with music. And I love this type of conversation. No, I, I mean, bro, serious shit, though. I, I've experienced the haunted house before. And, you know, I'm your brother. I ain't going to lie to you about this shit because right. we're on radio. This is serious shit. I experienced it, bro. And now, I, when you say ghost, you're not talking about like a sheet. And, nah, you know, bro. okay. I, like, I've seen some crazy shit. You want to share? And if <laughs> it's you know, make a long story short. Yeah, it's. I mean, you know, shit. It's that's that's on the next. I'll get into okay. that shit later. Okay. But you know, it's it's serious, bro. And when I saw it, it just kind of like it's a feeling, bro. Like people laugh when they see like the white lady and shit on the movies, and she freeze and she pass out and she always right. get killed. Like, but the shit that I saw, bro, it froze me and it made my fucking hair stand up. And it was like, and I'm like, I'm a kid, bro. I'm thinking shit i probably had to be like probably 13 or 14 like i'm young right right and i know what the fuck i'm looking at and it's like whew, and i'm looking at this shit and just like my curl like my curl right, i was right, almost right, like right. buckwheat my shit stood up like this i'm like what the fuck and i just ran out the house and i'm like man this shit's crazy bro like okay. it's real so chupacabras i want to see one bro that's my nickname I'm is chupacabra. there more than one I, I, th I always thought there was just one. I think it's, I think it's, you know what? I think that when it comes to that kind of shit, 
I think it's really like dudes that's real fucking geeky scientists that's crossbreeding certain animals and like oh, fucking okay. with them and putting them out there. I don't think it's just like this shit that's been around that's fucking people up. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Like certain dogs that, that kind of like kind of change their right. form or you can kind of breed right. to be in a certain way. Like you can breed a Doberman in a fucking lab to be a, like a rock wall right. type shit. You know what I mean? Right, so right. you, I think there's dudes fucking around with certain animals that's making them weird and shit hmm. like that because okay my last question mm -hmm. do you believe like in seances that like you can reach or talk to the dead do you believe that's possible that i kind of i do i i know it's a lot of <laughs> with that it's a lot of like to me like a lot of trickery and fuckery going on with that right right because people be like oh i'm hearing this and he had a yellow shirt and yeah, that's Uncle Willie. Oh, shit, Uncle Willie. You know, but people right. fucking around with it. But I do think there's people that can really, like, know what's going on, bro. I don't even know how to explain it. Like I right. told you, I was born in Louisiana. Right. And my grandmother, rest in peace, bro, I don't know how she did it, but she knew certain shit before it happened, bro. And it was weird. She would share it with us. Mm -hmm. She will say, blah, 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 X, Y, Z. And I'm looking at her. I'm like, damn, how did she know? Like. This and this and that, and they were saying she was born a certain way, and she got this certain stuff. Like certain people have different gifts, bro. They right, can tell. Okay. To me, I believe in that. Okay, uh, I said last question. Now, mm -hmm. uh, well, I'll ask one more before we get back into uh, the music. Uh, do you believe in like levitation? Because I know like a lot of Hindus in India, people believe that people can actually levitate. Now that right there, I don't know. <laughs> okay, I think David that's, Blaine, you know, yeah, that's up, I, so. I actually man. DJ Quick can levitate. Did you see that? We did a show. And you oh, levitated? no, no. You didn't have to show that. Dope. Yeah, show me. shit was dope. But it's that right there, like when you get kind of, you know, entertainment with it, that's kind of when I kind of back away from it. When it's okay. like, I'm doing this shit to get a little, you know. The, the, well, you know bread. what? These are the questions that I was looking shit. forward to all day to yeah. ask you because I, I love it. But, okay, now yeah. we're going to get back to the music. Okay, you did... Uh, uh, a third album. I know the second album was swinging. I produced half of it. You produced yeah. half of it. Yeah. And then you went on to do. Uh, um, hey, and you know what, bro? Go ahead. Japan, they love you over there, bro. They was asking for Tony. Yeah, you know what their favorite album is? What's that? Swinging, the Green album. Really, bro? It's like I thought I was fucking uh, Dr. Dre over in that motherfucker, wow. bro. I it's, thought I was easy eat. I was like, hi, they like got it like that over there. So Japan, if you're listening, bring us back out there. We go back on another tour. And they love that album, bro. And it's funny to see different cultures that don't know how to speak to you like we speaking right now. Right. But when they get to a hook of a song, they sing this shit like they know English all their life. Right. I seen them singing the whole club, Snoop Doggy Dog. Oh. Then I go up to them and say, Hey, you like uh, you know, dog pounding? Yeah. They don't know what the fuck I'm saying. Yeah. Tattoo, ball head, Ben Davis, yeah. gang tats, and this and that. I'm like, what the fuck? You mean? Yeah. Then you walk to them, they're the friendliest people I ever yeah. met, bro. Yeah. In China, the same way. Their culture is real big. We just got back from Shanghai. Dope. Me and Quick doing some shit over there. And they like party and know how to sing all the choruses to the song. But like, as far as communication shit, right. you kind of got to do it dope, another way. Dope. Dope. Now you work with two artists that come to mind, and I'm sure I'm sure you work with countless. Okay, mm -hmm. RBX. Mm -hmm. Okay, and you also did a song Nate. with uh, Nate Dog. Rest in peace. Yeah, Nate, bro. That's, now, man, now, I want to ask you something about two titles. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, you came out with a song called "I Don't Want to Know," mm -hmm. and then you came out with a song called "Let Me Know." Mm -hmm. My question is: Do you really want to know? 
I'm still kind of caught in between because sometimes I want to know, but sometimes I'm like, I don't want to know. Hey, but I was just playing out. Slap the shit, boy. Right. I was at working with Nate. Man, Nate, let me tell you this. Before we even went in the studio together, man, we was at Skip Sailors, and I could just recall me and Nate, people don't know, like, it wasn't about no blood crib shit. Like, we always respected each other, man. The whole shout out to the Dog Pound, too, man. Me and Dad just did a song, bro. I'm going to let you hear it. I'm going to play it on here. Some good shit. You heard that here first. Say that again. <laughs> yeah, Daz Dillinger. Dope. Rumors, man. We did some good shit. But, um, man, me and Nate always hooked up like we were running to each other in the streets and, like, stop what we doing, pull over, talk. If we getting something to eat, Nate like his Hennessy and he like eating, like, wings and shit. Right. And me and Nate had the most fierce battles on fucking John Madden football because, you know, I coached football like 15 R years. Right. Shout out Coach Snoop. Snoop yeah. coach football too. Snoop always used to be like, man, hi, see, bring your team over to the Snoop League. Right. And I'm like, damn, Snoop, some of the kids I coach, man, I don't know if they can make it over there. They're going to get their <laughs> ass fucked up. <laughs> right. Snoop's shit hardcore over there. Yeah. I had the nice little kids, man. They, they did good, though. But, for, for people, but Nate, bro, but Nate, man, just to, just to keep going on, Nate, bro, was like one of the coolest dudes. Nate will sit back, man, we'll play this game. And I'm talking about, you know how it is when you play Madden. For y'all to play Madden, y'all know when you're playing this game, it's some serious shit. It you want to win. You want to fucking, you're trying to take the other motherfucking yeah. head off. So yeah. we and Skip Sailors one time and we playing Madden and Snoop is in there doing, I think we was working on uh, on Quick Album. Uh -huh. We was doing Melody for a V. Mm -hmm. And Snoop was on there, let the song, song, right. like beat that pussy till it's nice and good. Yellow. He in there rapping. And me and Nate going at it, and then something happened. And I was like, oh, fuck that shit. And you know how I get loud, right, my voice right. go high. And Snoop was like, man, I hear y'all in there, uh, high C. So that was like, in other words, Snoop telling us to right. shut the fuck up. Exactly. I'm trying to do my vocals and shit. So me and Nate always had that good relationship, bro. And he came to the studio one time and um and just jumped on this track, man. And, yeah, and you still and perform got that track, yeah. Yeah, I still, that's like one of my, my shits because, just because of Nate, you know, no. the shit was cool and Robert Bacon played on it, whatever, but I like to perform that shit just because Nate's on the shit, bro. Right. And it's one of those things to where I always want to pay, like, homage and, and, and like, you know, just respect right. to, to Nate because he passed. E-40 had jumped on that, on the project with me, Sly Boogie. And I had reached out to Game, mm -hmm. and at that time, man, Game was like, shout out to the homie Game, man, that's the young homie. Game was like so big at that time, bro. I, I know he was being pulled in so many different directions. Right, right. I was like, fuck, man, I want a game on this, and I want a slide boogie and me on there. So it would have been like, a classic. Yeah, but the classic shit was I sent that shit to Forty Water E Forty. Uh -huh. He got on that shit, bro, and just cut Florida. the fuck up, man. Rock E Forty. Shout out E Forty. That's my Dope. nigga, man. Two of the coolest motherfuckers you ever gonna meet in this fucking game. It's my nigga Dub C and my nigga Warren G, man. Big ups to them. Yeah. Warren G was in a documentary, so much love and Warren respect Warren G to cool him. as a motherfucker. So he was bro. in a mixtape, uh, documentary. Three statements I'm going to make, mm -hmm. and I believe we're, bo we're both going to agree. Yeah. Agree or disagree. Nate Dogg is the king of the choruses or the hooks. Hell yeah. Okay. To, am I? Yeah. Yes. Okay. You know, I'm a, and I'm a little bit biased, but hell fucking yeah. The Rhodium Swamp Meat is the home of the West Coast mixtape. Damn right. Okay. I stamped that. Here's my next one. Now, I want you to think about this one. Mm -hmm. When it comes to the West Coast, mm -hmm. the best poppers, I should say the, or the best pop lockers, mm -hmm. the best DJs, the best rappers, 
the best producers mm -hmm. came out of Compton. Hell yeah. <laughs> think think about at, that. You look at the track record, bro. I'm just going to name two producers, two rappers, okay? Yeah. Dr. Dre, DJ Quick. Mm -hmm. And that's it. That's A, hey, bro. That's what I'm saying, the track record, bro. And it's just in our little area, bro. You got yes. DJ Quick. You got High C. I'm just going to go back. Right. In no particular order. Right. You got the young homie, YG. He from the neighborhood, bro. You got uh, Slim 400 from over there. And it's just in that little area right. alone. Right. And we've been doing shows with um, Chill, Compton Most Wanted, yeah, yeah. MC8. You know what I'm saying? Then now, you got Lil' K-Dot, bro. They got a uh -huh. picture of uh, Kendrick Lamar okay. taking a picture, I think, at Black Tone Shop. Uh, shout out Black Tone, man. Get soon, get well soon. Bro. Yes. That's, that's my love, man. That's my heart right there. They got a picture of K-Dot, they told me. Taking a um taking a flick and our poster in the background. You know the poster me. Yeah. You got a Kendrick Lamar taking a poster in front of that shit. So you got I would love Kendrick brand that, that shit, man. It's just it's just a lot of history in the game, bro. That people didn't know about Compton. That dudes didn't never really get the shine, right. but they was neighborhood like they was killers in their neighborhood. Yeah. Mixmaster Spade, Mixmaster King, Tidy T, yeah. King T, like all these different dudes, bro. That was just tearing shit up that niggas never got a chance to really experience you know now i'm gonna say this bar because i'm gonna piece. say it not only because i love this dude okay mm -hmm. and i want to say this loud and clear in the 80s early 90s mm -hmm. in my opinion the best dj in the world came out of compton that was dj joe cooley yeah joe was a motherfucker bro. joe cooley bro <laughs> I, I, joe is so clean we still me and quick see joe man because and shout out to rodney O, man yeah. shit, like we we still kicking with rodney too man and, and joe is just man that dude and bro the most humble cat yes. you know what I mean? like he yes. don't never he a fucking ninja assassin on the tables but yes. he won't say two words bro yeah nice quiet calm collective he's he, he a boss bro when it comes to that shit and i seen people like like go up to him like they seen fucking uh, Jimi Hendrix or right, something like right. he talking to him and he cool and he'll deal with him and shit but Joe is a killer bro I'm, and, and, you know uh, growing up that was my DJ idol that yeah. was like my mentor and and I'm trying to get him on here because I really want to pay homage I truly believe mm -hmm. uh, uh, when he did that battle in the 80s against Cash Money yeah, uh, a new music seminar shit. yeah you know to me that title belongs to the West Coast that belt belongs in Compton you know, he yeah. he wanted. Everybody yeah. knows he wanted. I believe but so too. Much know? love and respect. I just needed to get those statements across Hell because yeah. I truly do believe that the best DJs, producers, pop lockers, yeah. rappers, all came out of uh, the city of Compton. Hell yeah, you know, and, and I show love and I give credit where credit is due. You know, even though I lived there for a short time, I never really claimed Compton because I was raised here in my city of Wilmington. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I since the '80s, I've been shouting out Wilmington on my mixtapes. Yeah, you know, that's shit. That's so, really fun. That's but yeah. um. Okay, I want to touch on something else that I think some people may not know about you and some people do. Mm -hmm. You were in a movie with Jamie Kennedy, if I'm correct? Yeah, yeah uh, Malibu's Most Wanted. Malibu's, Malibu's Most Wanted. Mm -hmm. How did that happen? Bro, it's uh, like my inside plug, man. When you get these kind of like movies and reading for a script, bro, it'd be like... I'm not exaggerating. You could go outside of the building and see a fucking line wrapped around the corner like it's government yeah. cheese day. Yeah. And it's fucking a thousand people and they like needing this part. And 
I have no problem with that. Shout out to them and respect to them because to stand in that fucking line and you get five seconds to read this little part and the motherfucker tell you, no, get the fuck out of here. You've right. been out there all day. It could be raining. It could be whatever. You can be tired. You can smell like goat cheese. It don't matter. Smell like a tuna sandwich. You come around there six seconds out and get your ass out. Right. I just had an inside connect, bro. I was blessed enough to have the inside connect. My boy, man, I just did a lot of different work with different dudes. Like right. after the Hughes brothers, you know, and shit. And the Hughes brothers need to holler at me. Yeah, yeah. But after that, I met Paul Hunter, man. Paul Hunter is one of the dopest dudes you ever want to meet as far as videos and shit. So right, right. I did a course like commercial. People don't know, Tone. I was like the first dude to really like do a voiceover back in the day. Like I remember you seen that. CB4. CB4 with the comedian. Yeah, that was Chris Rock. Chris Rock. Chris Rock. So Chris Rock couldn't rap. And every time you hear him on the CB4 movie and shit, that's me. That's my voice. That's how I see on there saying, straight out of low cash, just swept for my balls, swept for my balls and all that shit. That was my voice on there doing that. So I did the voiceover for that shit. Then years later, I ended up putting a song on his soundtrack, The Head of State. Let me know what's on there. I did uh, South Central, uh, the movie South the Central. South Central, yeah. I did Encino Man. You remember Encino me? Man? You put a song on yeah. Encino Man. What well, else? Uh, that, Deep Blue Sea. Yes. You know what? <laughs> the Deep that, Blue Sea, Samuel Jackson, LL Cool J. Going to uh, Florida and performing out there, meeting Pauly Shore, Man, Brandon Frazier. That was well. so dope, bro. Yeah. That was so dope. I mean, and sometimes I caught myself. Still thinking, like, I'll be honest with you, like, what what the hell am I doing here? I I just got here by making mixtapes. Yeah. I mean, it would, I guess because I, I thought on a humble level, you know, that, that like, wow, we are so blessed to be here and rub elbows with these guys, Man. you know. So th that was that was really dope. Now, that was when the box, you ordered the video up. Yeah. The, put your number in on the box. Yeah, we did that as well. Up. Yeah. Yeah. And then. Uh, um, now, was there any other movies that possibly that we didn't know you didn't mention, or are you working on anything, um, any visuals like that now? Bro, we got, um, man, we got some shit. Well, actually, like, we just been doing music, man, me and Quick and the boys been back in there, and uh -huh. Quick is working on this. this now, when you uh, say the boys. Second and Nine, AMG, Sugar Free. Dope. So, know, cause the, the public needs to hear that. Yeah, they always yeah. tell me, what's high C doing? What, what, what are you high C doing? Mm -hmm. And one of the questions that they always ask me, and, and I'm going to ask you right here live, mm -hmm. uh, will there ever be either another high C and Tony A album or song? And I said, well, I'm going to ask them. So. Hell yeah, it's a possibility. Yeah, so. You know my rapping ass. I don't. Shit, I so, got some shit. I dig up some of the old shit. Exactly. Some okay. of the shit they haven't heard. So you hear you let's, you heard it here. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, there's a possibility we'll we'll get back to. I might give again. them a little bit of a little clip of this little shit I got. I've been playing around with. You think I should do that? Uh, if we do, we're gonna play it at the very end of my two songs that I'm gonna. But I'll give them. A, it's just me being foolish, man. I'm on some shit. Sugar free did the hook. I'm fucking around it's just like okay. some new i'm just on there just doing shit so, different like i can fuck around all type of ways that'll work that'll work okay okay now uh i know you guys are going to be at how the west was won this saturday uh that's that's uh Is it no we saturday? did we did the west fest uh ontario yeah, ontario that shit was dope man free and could we tore that shit down okay i think uh and then this saturday isn't something coming no, up um not this saturday that's like october the 19th okay, okay. october the 19th is uh the how, how the West, West, how the West was won, yeah, yeah. You know what? Now, when I saw that flyer, I remember I told you, okay, I'm going, I'm going to that yeah. one, bro. And then you oh, were yeah. like, yeah, come on, man, because yeah. I saw Quick, Second to None, 
high C, A and G, sugar free, and I'm like, okay, that's the familia right that's there. It, I, you know, yeah. I gotta go. You gotta be an ass. So go out and get your tickets, and you because you're gonna see everybody up on stage together. Hell yeah! So you you definitely gotta go. I mean, I think people Cause just gotta go dog. just to see you guys. You know, yeah. I know they got dope performers, but to see you guys there, you know. So Hell yeah. so as of right now, you're in, you're back in the studio real quick, um, and the fellas. Yeah. Anything specific? Is there a high C? Or, Quick album, or AMG album, or is it more? You guys are just vibing together, bro. That's I was just going to say that it's like making a spread, and if you know what a spread is, yes. then you know it's just putting all the shit together. We get in there, like if we hear something, we jump on it. Or if I hear something like this, or Quick hear something, they got one fast song that that uh, AMG and Quick did. Man, that shit, I want to see you dance. Like it's some right. some shit that Joe Cooley, like you said, yeah. he'll just he'll just kill, bro. Dope, it's like it's dope. it's some fat like we just doing different shit, bro. And it's like doing a whole big old potluck and bringing all the songs together and divvying them out or whoever need what. We don't trip off that shit no more like that. You just get in there and cook, right? And just shit. Someday you might want a steak. Someday you might want lobster. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, you never know. That's dope, same. man. You know, you know, one thing that a lot of people don't know, and you mentioned it earlier that you, for several years you actually coached football. Yeah. So, a so long you, time, man. Now, now, because I know that my son played for Wilmington and your son played for Londale. Londale. I was almost at Hopkins. Shout out to Londale Cardinals. And uh, many times we used to play against each other. And I yeah. thought that was so dope because yeah. not only did we work together in the studio, mm -hmm. but we also uh, uh, were a part of teams that, you know, yeah. raising our kids and yeah. we were playing against each other. Our kids playing yeah. against That was so dope, man. Yeah, so man. so a, a lot of fun times with you. And that's why I always refer to people, to you as my little brother. Yeah. It, it was for hard sure. for me to do this interview because I know so much about you. So I ask you questions from a fan's perspective. Yeah. You know, so anything that you want to cover, anybody you want to shout out, uh, you could do it now, man. Bro, I'm just shouting out all, all the people that, that fuck with me. I fuck with y'all. It's gonna take way too long. We're gonna go over the time for me to start naming off all these names. Okay. These motherfuckers. Then you're gonna have the motherfucker that said, Well, you forgot me yeah, and this yeah, and this yeah. and that. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Well, I didn't forget you. What about your sponsors? <laughs> my sponsors, man, you know my boy, man. We fucking with the, you know, we all off in the cannabis game too, man. Okay. I'm, I'm working on something, man. And you know, just sometimes the council people get in there, bro, and this politics bro sometimes it's like they just they you just want to just scream sometimes right, or grab right. a motherfucker by the neck so but i'll be trying to do that you know right. just shout out to on, danny from 110 south yeah danny always hold me down bro and i still got high life popping man i'm just like i don't really go out signing acts or whatever but if something come across that i feel that's like unique or yes. whatever you know, it's just like we'll give it a shot or we'll look at certain acts that's that's dope, man. We always looking for like some okay. good different shit, bro. You know. Dope. So, you know, just doing that, man, like I said, just rocking these shows, bro. I'm uh just, you know, out there, man. Just dope. doing the shit. My last question is probably one of the most important questions I'm gonna ask you. Um we did this documentary. And it'll be released November 4th. It'll be released at, at uh, documentary.com yeah. for streaming. And um, we did it in remembrance of Steve Yano. I, I, I never wanted 
his name to be lost in West Coast hip hop history. Yeah. People often ask me, do you think hip hop started after the rhodium? And I would say no, but it was a major contributor yeah, well, to, I agree. To, to, to West Coast hip hop because before we start ever start doing mixtapes, we gotta also give credit where Toddy T and Mixmaster yeah. Spade had mixtapes yeah. out there. Mixmaster Ken. Yes, yeah. Mixmaster Ken. We gotta give respect to them. But we had our own, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and so now, do you believe, uh, I, I know I already know this answer, but for the public's sake, how important was it to cement, if you will, Steve's name by this documentary uh, uh, in West Coast Hip Hop? Do you believe it was important for us to do this? Beyond important, Tony, for the simple fact that Steve gave us a place to like really go to, bro, Re regardless of the physical appearance or what he looked like or what he sound like or his, his, um, you know, who he was, ethnicity yeah. or whatever. Just a place where the DJs can go get this. The dudes that was like the fan of that can go get this. And I don't know if you remember, I'm sure you do, but if you wanted to get graffiti and airbrush, remember? Yes. Homie yes. used to hit up the shirts. Yeah. Artie. Artie. And I used to, and that's kind of how me and Easy e met <laughs> on some yeah. other shit, like yeah. some knucklehead shit. So I'm up there, I'm checking on the shirt. Mm -hmm. And I don't even need to tell everybody what the shirt had on there, but it has some shit on there from the neighborhood. Of course, of course. And so um, I'm up there looking at the shirt, and it wasn't all the way done because I already used to like the airbrush and shit yes. and get it right. So I had a shirt with the neighborhood on there, and it was like hit up. And Easy E came up, and he said, man, who <laughs> you know, I used to talk. <laughs> yeah. He said, man, who got that? Who made that shirt? They ass gonna get killed wearing that motherfucking shirt like that, right? Yeah. And I start laughing, and I was like, "Man, that's my shirt." And I never forget when I met Easy E, bro. Easy at the e, rodeo. Yep, at the rodeum with a box of records in his hand, and the the A side was like, I think Fat Girls on My Jock. LA Boys in the Hood place, wasn't yes. even LA is the place. Yes. And fat and uh, Boys in the Hood was on the B side, if I can remember. Yes, it was. And these records was like black and white. They was cheap as fuck. Yes. They didn't even have. They was in a box. And Easy had them in his hand. He had Dre with him. And I don't. I would think Rand was with him. Too. I don't know if Cube was ever there, but he said, "Man, he looked at the shirt. He was just amazed by the shirt. Like who yes. cocky enough?" And yes. I remember Steve telling me, he said, "Man, what did this shirt mean? Because everybody comes by here and they fucking mad. They want to kick." <laughs> They want to kick my ass over this shirt, bro. This shirt's fuck. What does that mean? I see. Right, right. And I was like, man, Steve, don't worry about it. You know, because yeah. Steve didn't know. So I was like, man, that's just some negative shit. Just you know, let me throw this out there before we run out of time. Yeah. Right in back of Steve's stand <laughs> was Mr. Cartoon. Yeah. The world famous Mr. Cartoon. Yeah, I remember Cartoon posted. He did, didn't he do? It, oh, but yeah, uh, he did your logo for the yeah, high C. Yeah. Now, my very first Tuber sponsor. give me a fucking tattoo for yeah. the homie love. I'm paying $100. That's all I got. My very first. $100. A hundred. Tune, you better... I ain't playing, boy. My very first sponsor I'm gonna come ever, get that Suzuki sidekick you got. Yeah, was Mr. Cartoon. I remember he approached me and he said, yeah. hey, if I do you some shirts, he said, would you... Uh, um, uh, um, would you wear them and let people know that you buy them here at the Rhodium? And I was like, all right. So he did me a couple of shirts and I would wear them to the shows or, or whenever I DJ. Yeah. So that was actually like my first sponsor from the hey, Rhodium. Tune. And that's where he got started. So anyways... I need a tag, bro. Hundred dollars. Well, when I see him, I'll, I'll let him know because I know he was charging like five hundred a letter or something. That was what like I heard that. some crazy shit. Yeah, the boy, no, but he's worth it. He's known all over the world. Goddamn. But you know what? We can continue to go on and on and on. And if the public wants high seat back at the beginning of the year, please leave it in the comments. We'll bring them back because th there's so much stories that we couldn't cram into this 
two hours. Got so much shit. Yeah. So and and when you take a pee and if it burn, that means you didn't fucked up. You need to go get a shot of penicillin, amoxicillin, or whatever. Where that came from, I don't know. But I, I, and I, yes, this is sponsored by Plan B. Plan B. So if you fuck around and leave it in, you need to go down there and get you a Plan right. B. Right. Now, what I'm gonna do is in this. association with Trojan. Yes. Condoms. So if your girl never seen that gold pack, homeboy is whack. <laughs> now, for go ahead. Tom. Okay, here we go. <laughs> now, uh, first, uh, before we end, I want to give a shout outs to uh, people that uh, were instrumental in uh, allowing or helping me bring uh, not only the documentary but Rodian Radio to fruition, and that was John Elkins. John Elkins, uh, when it comes to his help, I'm pretty much speechless because he does everything. He's the jack of all trades, the master of all. Okay, everybody likes to, he likes to be called John motherfucking Elkins, you know. Uh, uh, so that's John Elkins, much love and much respect to my boy DG, DG Media Clips. Uh, uh, John Elkins goes by J, uh, E Visuals on uh, Instagram. Uh, my boy Daniel Jones goes by uh, DG uh, Media Clips on Instagram as well. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to um, uh, my sound guy, Roger Mera, for restoring some of those songs that you heard today. He did an amazing job at that. He did. Uh, he worked on the documentary as well. I'd like to give a shout out to Boomer from the Remedy Yard uh, for the sound. I'd like to give a shout out to Wiz for the sound on the documentary as well. Uh, uh, I'd like to give a shout out to Omar. I'd like to give a shout out to my boy. Uh, uh, and this is very important. I should have had him sit here. My boy, Angel Montes. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> because I actually met High C and, and we'll go to Jerry's house, go to the Rhodium because I didn't have a car. That was my ride. That was like my best friend growing up. So uh, going to Jerry's house, going to Sir Jean's house, going to the Rhodium, mm -hmm. going to the studio. It was all because of him. So and that's why I invited him here because uh, I, I wanted him to see years later what has happened from mine and his relationship and our future. So much love and much respect to him. Uh, my boy, Jason. My boy Jason, uh, I forgot. What, what is your Instagram name? Uh, Sounds of Soul Radio. Sounds of Soul Radio. Came all the way from San Fernando Valley to come chill with us. Okay, and my boy uh, uh, Omar, DJ Old Boy. I must have DJ Seedless as his own name. My boy Huey. Uh, my boy uh, Julian. What do you go by on Instagram? Julian Gonzalez. Julian the what? Gonzalez. Julius. G Gonzalez. I probably butchered his name. I'm sorry. So once again, Rodion Radio. Uh, uh, um. Uh, we'll be on Shout next out week. my Instagram. Yes. Hi C at um yeah, yeah. and Hi C doesn't have no social media. <laughs> no social media. So stop asking me. Fuck you, man. Okay? He has no social media. So uh next week we'll be back with a special guest. In order for you to find out who my next guest yes, is, you have now. to log in to my Instagram or my Facebook. I'll post it up in the morning. This video will be up uh, immediately after this interview. So uh once again go to documentary, buy some shirts, download my music. Uh, the documentary will be out November 4th, and we're going to continue to push it. Okay, uh, Johnny Boy, is there anything else? Tom, I have something. Go ahead, brother. Can you contact Instagram and tell them that I'm willing to give in Okay. for a hefty ransom? Like, they can buy me. I'm a IG social media virgin. My cherry is like, never you, been popped. You want to get popped shit online. With the bread. They got to bag the truck up. Dope. Pop me with the Benjamins homes. Only, only if we get the exclusive video of you getting your cherry popped. Right, social okay. media cherry pop. Hell right yeah. there. Bam. But that's going to be with the Benjamins yes, homes. With the Benjamins. So he needs to get paid. So, so anyways, the, the next two songs that you're about to hear is my actual favorite song off the Scandalous album, Two at a Time. 
Uh, and after that? Uh, two Out of Time is uh, going to play, but uh, two scanless okay. is not two, loaded. So. Two scanless is not loaded? It's not loaded. Okay, so just two at a time, and then we're going to go to the documentary official trailer. Thank you guys very much. Tony A, high C in the building. If you want him back, leave it in the comments. And uh, documentary, November 4th.